Hello and welcome to our inaugural live episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a program made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo on this podcast, and I am joined by my friends Reese, a.k.a. Referees, and Kyle, who we really don't have a nickname yet, so I'm just going to name off a bunch of nicknames for him. Crazy Kyle, Casino Kyle, Kangaroo Kyle, Cool Kyle, Classic Kyle. Kalamazoo Kyle. This is the nicest you've ever been to me. (laughs) I mean, I have to because now we're live and I have to like pretend to be nice. Yeah, you Um, you have to pretend like you're trying. Before we we get into all the introductions, because we're going to have to introduce, because I know we already have more people listening to this podcast now than we ever have fully, which is awesome. We're going to the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. We will be facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Insane. We're going to get to that. Uh, Thank you, Logan Contreras, for saying what a good-looking group of bros. Indeed, it is a very good-looking group of bros. In fact, a very close group of bros. Um, So for those of you that haven't listened to our podcast, we are a Kansas City-based podcast. Like I said, Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. So we cover sports. We also cover craft beer. We talk about uh, the industry, particularly Kansas City industry, but we also interview people that are not a part of the beer industry in Kansas City. But before we talk about that, why don't we talk about our friendship really quickly, guys, as PG as we can make our friendship today. um, All three of us are professional musicians. Reese and I are both singers and Kyle's a pianist. We all were in the Lyric Opera of Kansas City Young Artists program uh, where we, I don't know how many years we spent all together. I know we were in at different times, but I mean, at least a solid two years, like all three of us together. And we've been friends ever since. Reese still lives in Kansas City. Kyle lived there for about six years. I lived in Kansas City for five years. We all share beautiful memories there. Uh, personal memories for me, I got married in Kansas City, saw the Royals win in Kansas City. Um, just so many great memories, but, uh, yeah, if you guys want to reminisce of our friendship, here we go. I mean, when you think about it, we all just kind of like moved into a good situation. You know, the, the, the city was so titled droughted for what was it? 30 years since, I mean, if you, if you want to count sporting KC, but like, you know, major big three title droughted for like 29, 30 years. And then we just show up and now we've been to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, won a World Series. So, World Series since we've all been friends. So, it, I mean, we have to be good luck charms somewhere in the in the stratospheres. Totally. Yeah, I'm not I, I mean, you to the city, but anyway. Yeah, you know, I I just drove through Kansas City recently, and this is a little niche. I'm not exactly sure who's uh, who's watching the stream right now, but uh, Dude, we have ten people watching right now. This is insane. Nice. Oh, no, it doesn't help you. Big time. Next, we'll book. You know, Radio City Music Hall. Uh, <laughs> I and I drove by Swope Park and part of me still thinks that there's a disc golf course at Swope Park but uh, there's not fun or fact, is there again th- th- I heard they built a new Swope it's not oh. old Swope obviously but yeah you know. old Swope was so good man old oh. Swope was near perfect oh, like like my favorite memories with you guys in Kansas City are like definitely with you Reese playing Swope Park and like eating succotash Oh, yeah. you are mine. So good. Like uh, one of the first times I met your dog. And then we went out to like, <laughs> uh, that park by your old place there. Oh, and, yeah. Over on uh, at a Hyde Park. Well, actually, no, you met me after the Hyde Park. So it would have been after. Yeah. I'm not when sure, I lived in Waldo. 
I mean, you know, the sort of common themes here are that, yes, KC has like an awesome sports community, but also like Kansas City invests a lot in its public spaces, right? Like there's a oh, yeah. park system throughout Kansas City. Um, I went to college in Lawrence um, and, you know, e- even on the Kansas side, you know, there's a lot of like dedication to like awesome, like natural space, which you know, it's not true everywhere. And, you know, we've all seen living different places. It's not that way everywhere. So shout out Kansas city for having great parks to bring together, great friends. And of course, great beer. Uh, Reese is a employee at the Boulevard brewing company. And I was a former employee of the Weldworks brewing company. So we do have some beer, beer people around and we do review beers. We will not be doing it here on the live podcast, but it will be on the audio podcast. So please, as you can see below, we have Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Not only that but our episodes are also posted on all your podcast listening devices or not devices apps so apple spotify podbean stitcher all those places we are on so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app i know you guys love my favorite murder all those favorite you know podcast shows add this to your list subscribe and download it's so important for us not only that consider um donating to us on patreon.com slash fcsm reese what happens if someone donates to our podcast well you see we got a three-tiered system here tier one gets you a shout out on the podcast on air Tier two is where it really starts getting juicy. That's when you start getting bonus content, including the season zero, which was the uh, season we had leading up to our debut season on Podbean and Spotify and all those things. You also get a chance to ask a question and it's a bunch of other cool perks in there, like bonus footage outtakes and exclusive beer interviews with the people from the brewing community and professional athletes we interview. And then the top tier will get you on air here with us. We'll bump you into the studio so you can just chat. I mean, some people say we're the three easiest friends you could possibly make. So, you know, why not put that to the top? Uh, I mean, some of us, some of us, I don't know. I don't know. We're all, we're all fun guys. Yeah. So please go ahead and subscribe. Anything into like, it feels like a compliment question. mark. Yeah, so please go ahead and do that. Also, um, like us on Instagram, on Twitter, follow us on all those pages. All right. Yeah, I think that's good. Also, you guys can comment. Uh, you you can comment on Facebook. So if you have any questions you want to ask us about the Bills or the Chiefs or, or Tampa Bay or anything that's appropriate about our friendship, we are happy to answer that live on the air. So here we go. Let's Can we get a poll in the uh, in the in the chat real quick? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I what's, heard what's the poll. I heard on the text chat because some of you were too cowardly to bring it up on the podcast. We're going to talk about it right now. Uh-oh, all right, going off cuff. I, uh, audience, I have no idea what's about to happen. Wait on, Kyle. Are y'all Lacroix haters? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Spindrift is the true seltzer, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why we're having this, this conversation. Oh no! Yeah. I what? I like. Have you ever had Spindrift? No, I dude. Like okay, it. 
here's my high V because I don't get high V anymore. Remember? No, 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 no. Let me tell you a story about Spindrift. I I sat through Lacroix. I sat through Polar. I sat through Waterloo. I sat through all the seltzers, and everyone's like, "This will replace a carbonated soft drink or other beverage in your life." No, they all tasted like a bunch of metallic, just like nonsense. It was gross. It was gross. And then one day, my wonderful wife comes and says, "Here, you should try this." And I'm like, "I've tried seltzers. I'm not into it." She says, "Nah, dog. This isn't a seltzer. This is Spindrift." Your wife refers to you as Nah, dog. Yes, that's that's my name. N a w d o g. Nah, dog. Friend, friend of the podcast. Please tell us whether that's true or not in the comments. Anyways, continue. Anyway, tell the story. Spindrift is this incredible seltzer that they add like actual like the squeezed fruit juice to it. No added sugars, just like the squeezed fruit juice. And you know how people joke and they're like, a LaCroix tastes like a strawberry that's battery is on low. It's like, okay, yeah, but this legitimately does taste like a strawberry like got squeezed into your water. It's fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I I maintain that like the LaCroix memes are accurate, like about what LaCroix tastes like. And you know, this flavor, hibiscus, if you like really sat me down and like <laughs> under under penalty of like perjury told me what like made me say what hibiscus tastes like, not sure I could do it. But the can looks beautiful and it makes me feel like I'm drinking hibiscus. So yeah. Wait, wait. So so Kyle will have a hibiscus LaCroix, but you won't have like a nice craft beer. You would rather have Lone Star and like Coors Light, but then you'll go all fancy for seltzer waters. Come on, dude. I mean, come on, bro. I wouldn't say I'd rather have, you know, macro beer than a craft beer. I wouldn't say that. I mean, <laughs> my biggest question right now is did you say hibiscus the first time you said that? Hibiscus? Me or Kyle? I thought I heard hibiscus for a second. I'll, I'll need to go back on the tape and review I'm, this. I'm uh, usually the one that's going to mispronounce something. So it was hibiscus. probably. <laughs> it's definitely it, not. It's like which is odd. Hibiscus. I don't know if they're trying to make a joke. Anyway, point being. Um, I wasn't sure if any of you would defend your LaCroix haterade live on. It's fine. It's fine. I've never hated it. It's like show, show everyone our tech. Well, don't show them our text. But like when you came to that particular thing, I never said anything bad about LaCroix. It's fine. Okay. I don't know. We'll see about it. You know what else is fine? We're going to the Super Bowl because we just beat the Buffalo Bills 38 to 24 in the AFC championship game. Patrick Mahomes is going to back to back Super Bowls. When's the oh. last time someone went to back to back Super Bowls? Tom Brady. Ooh, who likes to be compared to Tom Brady? Patrick Mahomes. Who is going to face Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Tom Brady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like that. Um, that uh never mind. I was gonna reference a meme, but it, it would be long to explain it. But anyway, I mean, everything is happening. Logan says hibiscus forever. So there we go. Hibiscus, Thank there you. we go. Thank you. <laughs> But uh, we're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I can just say that for the next 20 minutes, and it would be great. I'm sure all the Kansas City fans would love that. But why don't we go into this game, boys? So the first thing that I want to talk about is the great Josh Allen, who national pundits were comparing to Patrick Mahomes the entire week. I mean, you turn on anything and they say Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are beating people by a ton of points for whatever their, um, their, Oh, do we have a, 
Sorry. I like. Uh, oh, that's okay. Uh, growing pains, folks. So, pains. so Buffalo Bills, I believe, were plus 112 for the past 12 games, and for the past 12 games, the Kansas City Chiefs were plus three for those wins. And everyone kept saying, "Well, you know, Kansas City keeps winning, but they're winning close games." Josh Allen is blowing people out. Well, what happened today? We blew out the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen was nowhere to be found today. Stefan Diggs was nowhere to be found today, boys. I mean, he wants to be found. He was just to be found in double coverage. So let's go. Well, I don't even know if it was double coverage. Dude, there were some times he was getting single coverage destroyed by uh, Bashad Breland. It's true. He's not even our number one. But you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. The the big story here is the fact that, like you alluded to, Armando, everyone's like the Chiefs are only winning by like three points or by one possession, dude. I'm shouting back to my more anime references here. This is exactly like in, like in Dragon Ball Z when they're like, haha, we can hang with Frieza. And he's like, you fools, this is my first form. Let me transform into my next transformation. And guess what? Today wasn't even final forms Chiefs. This was like second form Chiefs. We still had gaffes on special teams, particularly. Oh my gosh, the muff punt and that onside kick. The defense, though, played just mwah, beautifully. Yeah. But yeah. I, I tell you what, we got more forms out of this, so everyone's got to be a little bit nervous after this game. Yep. Yeah, so, so Josh Allen had 287 yards, two touchdowns, and interception with four sacks. And don't let that 287 yards fool you. At the end of the game, when they were down by at least two scores, if not three scores, then he started to really sling it, and then you started to see some runs. But, I mean, before that, he must have had at probably 200 yards total before the game was over. So uh, we had talked about this in last week's podcast is how are we going to stop the Buffalo bills? We stop them because they don't have a running game. So we have to double cover Stefan Diggs. We have to have someone good on Cole Beasley. I didn't even see John Brown play today. I mean, I don't Let's see how many yards he had. Let's see. John Brown. John Brown had two receptions for 24 yards today. TJ Yeldon had more yards than John Brown. I mean, he was a non-factor. Cole Beasley ended up having more yards than Stefan Diggs, 88 yards. Stefan Diggs, only seven, 77 yards. And we were saying on the podcast, I would just, I would just be happy if Stefan Diggs only had like 120 yards. Like if we can stop him to that many, like then it would be great. Um, so for us to stop them there and for our cornerbacks to show up, I mean, let's, we can oh. have a whole podcast about our cornerbacks showing up. Legereus need Rashad Fenn getting the interception, Trivarius Ward, not screwing up today. That's all I cared about too. I was like, I was like, please Trivarius Ward, just don't screw something up. And all of them played incredibly well. Dude, can we talk about how throughout this season, again, we've been seeing the metamorphosis of Legereus Sneed when he's been playing, but like for the first time tonight, he showed up and it's like, oh my gosh, this might be the shutdown corner of legend. I mean, he didn't just play well for That's a rookie. True. He put on his big boy pants today and was taking, like, just taking out of the game two of the most difficult to slow down receivers in the game, as you mentioned, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. And, dude, up until the concussion that happened, bless his heart, I'm hoping for a quick recovery over the next two weeks, he was everywhere. He was in, like... He was in Josh Allen's face getting some sacks. He was in coverage shutting down Diggs and Beasley. He was in Allen's nightmares. He will be in my nightmares tonight. <laughs> Speed was everywhere. 
everywhere. Reese is just at the beach with a pina colada on the in the sand, and all of a sudden, Jerry Sneed just like plows you into the sand. <laughs> We're I, going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I, it's it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. I like wake up with a luxurious Sneed jersey on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. But I love that. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone played extremely well, and our our weakness ended up being um, our strength, which is which is insane. I mean, who who would have thought that our cornerbacks would be the one to uh, to really shut the game out? I mean, Rashad Fenton to close the game. Who like? If if in the beginning of the season I said Rashad Fenn is gonna make sure we go to the Super Bowl, y'all would have been like, okay, we're we're definitely not doing a podcast anymore. Sorry, Armando, we're gonna get someone else on here. I mean, just just insane, like the the amount of circumstances that happened today. And we played a very good team. This is the second best team apparently in the AFC, and I think that they're better than the Ravens. They're better than the Colts, Texans. I mean, I can go on and on. This is a legitimate team, and this was a team that we can really that we did really well. I guess. But also, this is sort of the logical conclusion of what you guys were just talking about, where, you know, so much is made out of, you know, the Bills rattling off six wins in a row, like coming into the playoffs, like really hot. Right. And then, you know, we play these games close when we're playing everybody. Obviously, you know, week 17 was, was a separate thing. But at the end of the day, as we've talked about on all these previous episodes, our defense kept us in these games, obviously playing opponents at different levels. Fine. But, um, you know, it's it's it, it, it's kind of a storybook ending to have this amazing defensive performance. And uh, admittedly, in a game where Buffalo jumped on mistakes early and capitalized on mistakes sort of later, you know, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Right. But, you know, at the end of the game, like it doesn't even matter. It, it, it feels like, you know, post game that it was never in question. Um, which is, I think, again, a credit to like clutch time performances and, and, and adjustments by Spagnuolo and the whole system where, I, yeah, y- you know. And that sort of brings up the philosophical question of, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the 2018 Chiefs, right? Like when we first saw like what this offense could be mm-hmm. versus, you know, what we are now where it's like, okay, our offense at times looked incredible today at other times it looked okay. Uh, but it's not really like, it's not really about that. It's, it's about, you know, the four quarters of play and sort of what spins out over that time. And so I just feel like we're real hard to beat. Uh, you just bring up a good point there, Kyle. Like this is the first time I think that we can say all season we've put together four quarters in a game. I know we've alluded to like a few times before, like the Ravens game will give us like what two and a half decent quarters of football. The first Bills game was kind of like a composite three quarters here and there, just like taking stuff. But I mean, we started off slow, but you take away that muffed punt, you know, and it was uh, it, w- it was seven to three after the first possession each, you know, and, and the defense came out right away. The offense is moving right away. And as we mentioned earlier, one thing to watch out in this game was going to be that we couldn't just go on one of our patented like 17 points and three minutes of game time runs and then just sit on it because the Bills the bills would make us pay for it. A, we didn't just sit on our big run that we had in the second quarter. And B, the defense came and shut down the Bills and not even give them the opportunity to come back had we decided to sit on that 17 points in like three minutes of game time. So it was the most complete game we've put together all year. What do you guys think? 
Well, and to follow up to that, I'm going to ask a question, kind of a tag question. And first, before I do that, thank you again for watching, guys. You can go ahead and comment on the Facebook page if you guys have any Chiefs questions. We will answer them here live. I can see Mary on there. My dad's on there. Hello, dad. My brother. He said Brody Coyle BB. Brody Coyle BB. Quick jumping question. Would you drink yeah. Would you drink a seltzer called Brody LaCroyle? <laughs> what it's is he strong even doing now? Hey, Brody yeah. Coyle, if, if, this, if this ever gets to you, Come on the pockets. We'd love to have you. Someone actually just followed us on Instagram that I didn't know their name. So I think this is this is going somewhere. This is great. Um, okay. Now going back to it, like you said, this is one of the best defensive offensive like meshes that we've had all season. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. Is this the best defensive game that you have seen us play in the 2020-21 season? Kyle, I'll let you feel this one first because I have a lot of opinions. Shocker. <laughs> I mean I feel like, yes, simply because the stakes were so high, right? I mean, um, let's see. We can point to the first Bills game uh, as a good defensive game. Obviously, the Ravens game was awesome. Uh, The second Raiders game kind of like got the result that we needed, but not beautiful, right? Um, But yeah, I mean, when you think about, uh, you know, we had like the national media picking the bills by seven to 10. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And so, yeah, I, I think expectations were high and pressure was high and our defense delivered, you know, I, I think it's not going out on the limb to say our defense won this game. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm agree with you there, Kyle. Uh, I think there was a lot of stuff we saw today that we haven't seen the defense put together all year primarily i think you could say it's our best defensive game because our linebackers weren't exposed i know there were a couple times earlier on i'm like ah oh, neiman got blown in coverage but it wasn't like they were picking on him and like consistently going back to the well there we saw our defensive line finally put together the four quarters we've been waiting for all season good night did chris jones frank clark k pass and company not just reach on Josh. Yeah, round of applause. Finally, finally, four sacks on Josh Allen. I mean, keep going, but I mean, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, it's just starting there. It's, I mean, Spagnolo dialed up some incredible blitz packages that obviously had Josh Allen thrown for a loop. And I want to say, I was telling this to everybody who would give me an ear that I've seen in the last 10 days. Josh Allen has a lot of great tools. He is still an incomplete quarterback, by which I mean you can game plan to make him look very uncomfortable if you don't let him get in his Josh Allen momentum groove. And that's exactly what I saw tonight. The the defensive line was swarming him. Our linebackers were playing very, very solid ball, even without Willie Gay Jr. And as you've already alluded to, Armando, our defensive backs Particularly, can we give a shout out? Welcome back, Juan Thornhill. Holy no kidding, cow. no kidding. That dude can hit. Oh yeah, because I mean, the, for for the whole season, we haven't really seen a lot of like huge hits from Thornhill. His first season was excellent. We were like, this dude is a great apprentice for the Honey Badger. And then this season, it's kind of been up and down. I know he's had some injuries, but today he was like, I am back, Tampa Bay. We're coming for you. Chris Godwin, we're coming for you. Mike Evans, we're coming for you. Rob Gronkowski, we are coming for you. I mean, amazing. Go ahead. Actually, wait, no, this is funny. I got to I gotta tell this one. Um, 
Chris Brocious asks, can the panel please address how Mahomes walks like the ducks from the Aristocats? Yeah, tur- turf to or not, Chris, that guy's got a, a special leave it, I'm not leave it to Chris. Leave it to Chris. Anyway, all right. The shout out to Chris. Thanks for listening. Uh, Reese, go ahead and finish what you're saying about the defense. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to give a gold star to them because, okay. I mean, I, I know I, at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills have 24 points, not 24 points with an asterisk, but we spotted them a touchdown starting at like the one yard line off the muff punt. We had that terrible onside kick recovery that also spotted them a touchdown. You take those two points away. We held the Buffalo bills to 10 points offensively, which had you told me that was going to be the case entering the game with, yeah, that's huge. I, I wouldn't have believed you, but lo and behold, mind the piece. Well, you take care of themselves. And you just mentioned Thornhill who I, I mean, he, he was a big reason that we held them to field goal on the first possession of the game, right? Like he, he imprinted, it like like he he made his mark on the game immediately, which is what we're going to need from guys like Thornhill. And like what 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 is Sean McDermott doing? Like his his whole game plan was basically after he saw Josh Allen get stumped twice, he was like, "Screw it, let's just let's just do field goals." He had a fourth and one that he could have gone for. I mean, it just it just seemed like we had we had sucked the life out of Buffalo and they weren't letting Josh Allen throw the ball. They were doing a lot of screen passes, a lot of slants, but there wasn't a lot of long shots that he did against the Ravens that he did against the Colts. I mean, uh, there was just a lot of stuff that Sean McDermott, I think kind of messed up the game plan. Just what it looked like on paper. It was field goal after field goal after field goal. What do you guys think? What do you think Sean McDermott takes most or not most of the blame, even amount of blame or maybe less than Josh Allen? Well, I mean, I, I got to say the, the flavor of the day has to be semi-questionable coaching settling for field goals because we saw that's what essentially iced the Packers uh, Buccaneers game earlier today. Yeah. Decision Matt LaFleur, come on, dude. Oh, well, I mean, you thought that McDermott would have had that game on in the locker room and he would have learned because I think there were two occasions that the Bills, man, you had to go for it. You know, this this is the playoffs. There is no like we'll we'll take another stab at him in the AFC divisional, man. Week six, this was the AFC championship game. If you got something to do, do it now. And and there were too many times they were settling for field goals with no sign that they were going to be able to slow our offense down at all. So I mean, like we saw, we we traded field goals for a good part of the third quarter, and that played to our advantage. For sure, for sure. Uh, if you are just tuning in, welcome to Found City Sports Media. Uh, we are a program made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. As you can see in the ticker, we have our Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon accounts. Please like all of those, follow all of those. If you can donate, please donate to patreon.com slash FCSM. If you donate, you get a lot of you don't get cool stuff, but you get to contribute to the podcast. Uh, you get to pick what beers we get to review. I mean Oh, wait, no, you, sorry, <laughs> you don't get anything. Just kidding. You get a ton of bonus content. I forgot. Reese, go ahead and do the bonus content. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me look like a liar here. If you can wow. do anything. John, ladies and gentlemen, starting at the first tier, you get a shout out. I mean, really cool, right? Middle tier and up, you get exclusive bonus content from Found City Sports Media, including season zero, the COVID season, when we were all locked inside during quarantine you get exclusive beer reviews with the professional brewers and professional athletes we bring on to the podcast outtakes bonus material it's great you'll want to check it out patreon.com backslash fcsm 
Shout out to uh, Seattle Mariners pitcher Wyatt Mills, whose birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Wyatt. Uh, yeah, we had Wyatt. Wyatt on. We had Wyatt on the podcast when Wyatt was in the minor leagues and Wyatt just got uh, promoted, I guess is the right, or moved up. I don't know what the, the up. terminology is. Yeah, called up. There you go. He got called up to the big leagues. He is now um, a starting pitcher for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners. So congratulations. Okay. <laughs> Logan says, if I am married to Armando, can I get a shout out without donating? Asking for a friend. Shout out to my wife who is not donating to our podcast, <laughs> but sh- but she donates for letting me do this uh, every week. So so thanks, Logan. Shout out shout out to you. Fills <laughs> our bank accounts with love. There you go. Okay, let's move on to the offense, which it's funny that we talked about the defense first, but that was actually the most impressive thing, which is funny to say because Patrick Mahomes pitched a perfect game. 325 yards for three touchdowns, only one sack for him. Not only that, but everyone else showed up as well. Travis Kelsey, 118 yards with two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 172 for nine catches. And let me throw out some stats for you that I found really quickly as well. Give me one second. There we go. Patrick Mahomes, today was a career playoff high for throwing. Uh, 325 yards. Like I said, he is the first quarterback in NFL history with multiple 300 yard games, um, three playoff games, sorry, 300 yards before turning 26. He's the first NFL quarterback to do that. Tyree kill had 172 receiving yards tonight. As I said, that is the most in Chia, uh, in chiefs playoff history. And then, like I said, Travis Kelsey tonight, 118 yards. It's his fifth 100 yard playoff game. The most by any tight end in NFL history. So boys, we saw another incredible game by Patrick Mahomes, but not only that, the other hall of famers, Tyree kill Travis Kelsey. Well, did you just tell me that Tyreek Hill by himself out received Beasley and Diggs combined? Am I am I putting that together at my head? Uh, let me do that. I don't. One sixty-five. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! Oh my goodness, you're right. Holy moly! Well, I, I mean, we all know Tyree Kill is an incredible deep threat, but he did a lot of his gashing on the ground today. Short slants, you know, cur- curl routes. Uh, pitch plays. I mean, he was he was everywhere racking up those yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean every. Look, I mean, pretty much everywhere down the field. You, if if you were going to double cover Travis, you then he was going to pass it to Tyreek. If you're going to double cover Tyreek, he was going to pass it to Travis. What we saw reminded me of the Tom Brady Patriots. I mean, Tom Brady was excellent at exposing the middle of the field. And for at least the first half, that middle of the field was way open. And that could have been plays by EB trying to get people off to the side to then expose the middle of the field. But oh my goodness. I mean, it was almost like every single play slant to Kelsey, slant to Kelsey, slant to Kelsey, screen to Tyreek. And then Tyreek goes for 51 yards or something. I mean, the game plan was so perfect. It reminded me of the Belichick Brady eras. Oh no. Then I have uh, Chris Kenny, Chris Kenny. Thanks for joining. Did someone say Tom Brady and the Patriots, Chris, Chris Kenny, for those of you who don't know, is a huge Tom Brady fan. I guess Tom Brady particular, because now he's rooting for Tom Brady as well for the bucks. So yeah, yes, we will. We'll talk about Tom Brady later, Chris, stay on and listen. Cause we have a, we we're, we're going to talk about Tom the Brady. The hypocrisy of you saying that as a Lakers fan is not lost. Oh, okay. For everyone <laughs> on the podcast, I was born in Los Angeles. I can root for the Lakers. I love the Lakers. When I lived in Phoenix, I was still a Lakers fan, even though they had Chris Mim, 
Sasha Vujicic, uh, Kwame Park, Kwame Brown, Smush Parker. That's that's not here here or there. Let's talk about let's talk about Travis. You know, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm putting a challenge on the podcast right now. Uh, Armando, as the resident Lakers fan, uh, in order for you to wear like the the, the purple and gold cone of shame right now i want you to find a way to get smush parker live on the podcast <laughs> smush parker probably is like the high school coach at i don't know i just i can make up a name green temple high school oh my gosh he, he's the coach at a raytown go figure no, you're kidding no, oh i was kidding. like i was like wait what in the world well you know who went to raytown tyron lou actually tyron lou is Very uh, true is a Raytown, so shout out to Tyron Lou. Okay, let's you know we go to a high school coach that we probably can get on the podcast now because he doesn't have anything else to do is Philip Rivers. His schedule is free. Yeah. Just kidding. He would never come on this podcast. Actually, maybe he would. Who knows? Smush Parker, Philip Rivers. He's got to get in line. Smush Parker. Oh man, Philip Rivers. Sorry about what what's happening. Well, we can do another podcast actually too. Like who the Colts are going to get because I have no idea. Oh yeah, and then my brother said, "Don't forget Robert Sacre." That's right. Shout out to Robert Sacre. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like the backup to Chris Mim. Uh, good call. Anyway, okay. Speaking so we talked about Patrick Mahomes. All, anything else? All time about Lakers. Who? Robert Sacre, all time Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, anything you guys want to talk about the offense? I mean, I, there's so much to we could talk about. Yeah, uh, I think it would be disingenuous of us not to give a massive shout out to the Williams of this year who's decided to put the entire running game on his back with just the running backs going out, it seems, dropping like flies. Daryl the Barrel Williams showing up for what feels like the third straight game. He had 13 carries. One of you guys called that. I forget who it was, though. What was that? Yeah. It was me. It was Oracle hot take Mondo who said during the game, I said, you know what? I think Darrell Williams is probably going to get more snaps than CEH today because he looked good the week before and looked good uh, as well in the, in the very last game as well. I mean, he, he was, he's run in between the tackles. He's running left and right. He looks fast. I mean, a lot of times last year we were like, uh, I don't know if we want Darrell Williams. We were, we were already talking about, um, the other guy that's escaping my name. Oh my goodness. Thompson, uh, uh, Darwin Thompson. We were saying Darwin Thompson was going to be second running back, but now Darrell Williams out of nowhere might be our number one running back in the Super Bowl. Hold on. I, we're not going to say out of nowhere. Uh, I believe it was the three of us attending the second Raiders game in the 300 section of Arrowhead last year when Daryl Williams <laughs> tore his ACL in his knee. And we said, that sucks. That guy looks real good. Hope we resign him next year and he gets healthy. And really? what happened? Yeah. Oh, I remember this. I just remember Josh Jacobs like lighting us up. Nah, well, I'm and then Derek Carr just not doing well. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Armando, please finish the sentiment on Daryl Williams. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, what's crazy is that we were all thinking CH, this was the game that he was going to come back and come back with vengeance pretty much because this was his coming out game the first time that we played the bills he had a hundred and i believe 162 yards 61 yards in the very first game so we said great it's going to be another ceh game but they shut down ceh from the beginning so then they started to bring darrell williams and i think it was the third drive that we brought darrell williams in and then andy reads like all right that's it this is the guy we're going to roll him in and now i would not be surprised when we play the bucks darrell williams gets more snaps than ceh and that's even if even if Le'Veon Bell's in there, I mean Le'Veon Bell's still going to be second or third if he's healthy. 
The great thing that we have in Daryl Williams is that he's a very physical north and south back with deceptive speed going on. I mean, the second he gets the ball, he's running forward. He sees a hole, he's going to hit it. And he's a big guy, too. And by the end of a game, especially with a defense that isn't as physical this year as Buffalo's, I mean, you start hurting. You don't want to tackle that guy heading into the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, because you're tired. You hurt. And that's exactly what he's brought to this team. We're such a finesse team through the air, but he's such a smash-mouth old-school runner. I mean, he's like Jerome Bettis, give or take about like 25 pounds. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, Jerome Bettis would be a little bit heavier, but but I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks he looks really good, so I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Shout out to everyone watching. Uh, I see my dad just said Oracle Hot Take Mondo Senior here. Yes, you are. You are Hot Take Mondo Mondo Senior. That's correct. Uh, Austin saying best sport, sports podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Austin. I haven't seen you in a while. What's up, Austin? Um, sweet. Okay. So we talk about anybody else you want to talk about before we before we move on. I mean, Patrick Mahomes' greatness is getting pedestrian for the national media. Which tells you all you need to know. Uh, no, I I fully agree on you here. The, the fact that it's like, uh, I mean, I, I feel bad. I'm just so excited. I can't remember my rap lyrics. Like, don't forget about Dre. <laughs> you know, it's my <laughs> close. That's right. That that's correct, Reese. That is. Correct. I mean, do not forget you. about Dre. I, I I kept mixing that up with "Don't Call It a Comeback" all night, just because. I mean, who who here got sick of people saying is Josh Allen already Patrick Mahomes level, if not better? Patrick Mahomes is the youngest quarterback to make and win Super Bowl MVP, make a Super Bowl, win the MVP, make two Super Bowls by age 26, lead his team three years to the AFC championship game. Josh Allen's very good. And had he beat Pat tonight, I think you'd have some argument to say, yeah, this guy might be kind of like, you know, Pat's 1A at this point, just given how he's playing. But we we, got to put that to rest. Uh, Speaking of things to put to rest really quick, as long as we're talking about the offense, can I give like one quick shout out to McCole Hardman and Andy Reid for the coaching? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't. Okay, go ahead and talk about McCole, then I'm going to have a response about McCole Hardman. Go ahead. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a clip to pull up here really quick. That oh I yeah, about. welcome listeners. We also know how to use video now, which is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, this is the first time for us using videos, but now we can like use clips and stuff. Yeah, so I, is, I'm not the next level. Not the fastest on the draw here, but I mean, we had that's okay. While while Reese does that, oh, never mind. Uh, make sure and look at the ticker on the bottom and yeah. follow all those things. Okay, go ahead, Reese. This spelled disaster early on in the game, and we've seen this all too much, including I believe Ugh. was it uh, week seventeen against the Chargers, McCall Hardman muffing a punt. Yeah, and I mean, I I know we were all down on him at this point because I mean, it, it really felt like you know this isn't the Texans. We can't come back on these guys if we spot them twenty four points here. But yeah. hats off to Andy Reid for the next two drives. Andy kept feeding McCall Hardman to get his confidence back up there. And lo and behold, he had a big run on a pitch play and he ran in that first touchdown for us. I mean, what, what kind of great Swami psychological coaching is that from Andy Reed and Eric B greatest offensive coordinator that should be a head coach. Yeah, no kidding. So when, when, when the bobble happened, our text chain just lit up. I've never seen us that fiery for a very long time. I mean, we wanted, McCole Harbin to leave the Kansas City Chiefs. We want him to be released, I think, at the least. And I still stand by this. I do not want McCole Hardman to be our punt returner. No. Byron Pringle for the Super Bowl. Hot take Mondo. Andy Reid, if you are listening, please, please, please 
Byron Pringle or Tyreek Hill be our punt returner in the Super Bowl? Because we can't afford to do that against Tom Brady. I know it's the old Tom Brady. Shout out to you, Chris Kenny, who's who's a long follower of Tom Brady over here. Um, he can we we cannot have something like that happen. We can have it against Josh Allen, who who could not handle the blitz. He cannot handle the blitz today. He was he was just so out of it. Tom Brady is a smarter quarterback. I'm sorry. Josh Allen's good, but Tom Brady is very intelligent. We can't have a blunder like that. And who's to say McCole Hardman's not going to have the Super Bowl jitters and decide to run the ball when he should just take a knee. Well, the other thing to point out, as you mentioned, is that Byron Pringle seems to have such an intangibly high football IQ for an undrafted player out of K-State. I mean, he's really stepped up the last few weeks, particularly with Sammy Watkins going down, Denard Robinson getting injured. Uh, you know, he's he's got this sense of like always doing the right thing whenever he gets the ball. And we saw tonight he had, what, three catches for about 25 yards, but they were all big catches, man. And that's the kind of stuff you need for players to step up in these positions late in the playoffs when other options in front of them are going down. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what, what was great is you're right. Patrick Mahomes went to him on the bench and said, all right, forget about it because you guys probably saw on the video, uh, McCall Hardman put his, um, his coat on and just put it over him, his whole body. Cause he didn't want to talk to anybody, but apparently Patrick Mahomes got up, lifted the coat. He said, come on, buddy, we got to go. And then they helped him out with those two plays. Like you said, that first play with the, with the screen pass was essentially a walk-in, but it was a walk-in specifically for McColl because they knew that they needed a McColl. So you're right. Great play by EB. Great play by Andy. And then this, and then that 64 yard run. I mean, amazing McColl Hartman. I still do not want you to be the punt returner, but you are okay being our number two, number three option in the Super Bowl. That's fine. But please, 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 just just take a knee. Just why? I, why I not? Agree. And I, I understand that we got him back in that 2019 draft to potentially step in for Tyreek Hill because we thought there was a good chance we were going to lose him. But just because Tyreek Hill is an all-star punt returner, an all-star wide receiver, could probably be one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, Tyreek Hill is an unheard of NFL all-time talent. And, like, it's okay if McCall Hardman is not all of those things because McCall right. Hardman does a lot of things very, very well, and he is very viable to the team when we utilize him properly. Yeah. All right. Um, again, for those of you that are just joining us, go ahead and be in the comment section if you have any questions for us about the game, about our friendship, about about the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, I know a lot about that, but we probably don't want to talk about it on this podcast. But what we do want to talk about is... Speaking about the NBA, we want to talk about the closest thing to malice in the palace in the NFL. What in the world happened? Buffalo Bills came at us. For those of you that listen to the podcast, we had Buffalo Mike on last week. And Buffalo Mike was talking to us about how the Bills were going to beat us. And he was actually very confident. And what happened? All those things did not happen. Sorry, Buffalo Mike. Well, not only was he frustrated, but apparently a lot of people on the field were frustrated and there was a lot of bad things that happened. Reese, I think I sent you a clip if you want to share it while we talk about it. Um, what happened? I mean, is, is this because the Bills are trying to make some sort of rivalry? Is this a rivalry? Or, or because they fought with us, does that mean that we are now rivals with the Bills? I mean, what? What happened? I mean, it, it, it was just the escalation of multiple small incidents throughout the game. It's not like this just blew up out of nowhere or that it was manufactured artificially or anything like that. You know, I mean, it's AFC championship, uh, perceived slights on both sides, guys playing hard. That's all it was. 
I think like so many instances like this, you know, yeah, I don't know. In answer to your question, I, I, I don't think they're trying to manufacture some rivalry per se. Okay, Kyle, to keep to keep pressure you then. So Buffalo Mike was telling me we are the ones that provoked the Bills. They, he said that there were a lot of hits on Josh Allen that weren't being called. There was a lot of pass interferences that he said that weren't being called. He said that we were playing dirty before then, which provoked the Bills. What say you, Chiefs fans? Uh, I mean... That's an interesting take. One that I don't feel is grounded in reality. <laughs> no, if, if anyone has any qualms about getting mugged on the receiving end this weekend, it was the Green Bay Packers and all those terrible defensive holdings that weren't called in that game. I think there's a very, very distinct line between playing dirty and playing aggressive. And I'll tell you what, it's not fun when the other team is playing aggressive and you've gotten punched in your mouth repeatedly the way the Bills did tonight. I mean, I said it early on and I stand by it even more as the game went on. These teams were two different tiers. It's too early to inaugurate the Bills and Josh Allen as the next great thing. The team is very good. It has a great core to build around, but it's not as complete top to bottom as the Kansas City Chiefs are. And I mean, it just showed tonight. Now, even though you say that we are different tiers, don't you still think that the Bills are the are the second best team in the in the AFC? Which further furthermore's are our eliteness, right? Because next year, the Bills, I think, are still number two, right? Josh or Josh Jackson, whoops. Lamar Jackson did not move up in the ranks, right? Ravens are still where they're at. The Colts have no idea who their quarterback is going to be next year. Uh, who else do we have in the AFC? The Texans, who knows what the heck is going to happen to the Texans. The Browns are better, but are the Browns really better than the Bills? The Steelers, we don't know what's going to happen as well. I mean, the, 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 the uh, Buffalo Bills are still number two to me. But yeah. we are still a tier ahead. I mean, that that's insane. Insane. Well, I think we got to watch out just in case Matt Stafford winds up playing for the Colts next year because that Colts team is one decent quarterback away from being a serious. But do you do you really that's think true. that Matt that's Stafford true. on the Colts is going to exceed the Bills? Oh, absolutely. That that team really? almost exceeded the Bills if it weren't for the fact they had 39-year-old Phillip Rivers playing in form this year. Man, I mean, even then, there's still some argument to be made that the Colts lost that game and should have won that game. I saw at least yeah. equal-tiered teams on the field, and I think the Colts were more complete top to bottom. If they throw a 33-year-old Matt Stafford who's still got plenty of tread on the tires in there, I am personally worried as a Chiefs fan of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, this is all to say, though, that, I mean, we we beat the Bills pretty single-handedly. They're still probably the second the second best team, maybe, maybe competing with the Colts if the Colts get Matt Stafford. But Kansas City fans out there, I mean, relish this experience right now. I mean, we, we have one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, maybe the best tight end in NFL history already in Travis Kelsey, who already competed for the most receiving yards in an in the season this year, we have the fastest NFL wide receiver in NFL history in Tyreek Hill. And then, of course, we have great players around. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Honey Badger today. We didn't talk about um, who else? I mean, even like Hitchens. I thought Hitchens played OK as well. Um, I mean, a lot of we just have a very good core. Kansas City, we are living in the golden era of chiefs football enjoy it relish it this is wonderful noah metzger of a fan of the podcast and a contributor of the podcast as well says that indie defense is nothing to take lightly stafford would have an elite offensive line for the first time in his career so noah also giving the nod to the colts 
maybe the Colts are number two next year. We'll have to see. Who knows? We'll we'll talk about the Matt Stafford run afterward. Okay. I, this actually has gone pretty fast. I'm just so hyped. We're going to the Super Bowl. Woo! <laughs> Round two. You to end the podcast, we will talk about it next week. Stay tuned. I think we're going to do a live video again next week, everybody. And we're going to go in depth. Bucks versus the Chiefs. But let's talk just quickly about some things that happened in this game that is going to affect the Super Bowl. First thing, Eric Fisher out with an Achilles injury. Oh boy. I mean, you, I mean, if you're a Kansas city chiefs fan, you know, we need an offensive line. We need Eric Fisher. I mean, we were playing Allegretti today. Uh, we were playing uh Remmers. I mean, Oh my goodness. How much is this a blow to us? If we do not have him, I mean, we're probably not going to have Eric Fisher. Uh, but what does that mean for the Super Bowl game? I mean, it's not good for sure, but also we've already sort of seen this possibility play out, right? Where um, having to get other guys, I mean, you mentioned Allegretti getting in there, Kilgore taking snaps in week 17. I mean, we foresaw this carousel being an issue for us, especially because certain games throughout the season, you know, Patrick has had like five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two seconds in the pocket, depending uh, and, and again, that's, that's not to knock these guys because they're playing hard. Um, it's just, you know, it's a grind. Like they're constantly talking about every team gives us their best shot. And so, uh, we've handled that really well throughout the season. That's why I, you know, I, I feel really bad for Fisher in terms of that. He, he really played hard and played well all season. Um, and you know, it sucks that he's not going to be able to, uh, you know, suit up for the Super Bowl. Uh, I still think that, you know, I still think we'll win the Super Bowl, but, you know, it does hurt. I'd like to believe you're right there, Kyle. And I mean, we've seen it multiple times this year. It's like we, we we're playing on what is this like the sixth remix of this offensive line? <laughs> Man up. That's all we can say about it. It's, yeah. you know, we we've yeah. lost Mitchell Schwartz for the year, you know, and now we've lost Patrick's blind side. So, I mean, it's not great. I'm not going to act like we have a better chance now that Fisher's out. But, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So let's see if we can plug somebody in that left tackle spot that really, like, lights it up, you know, and and, and shows what he can do. But I'll say this tonight. I, I thought they did a better job taking care of Patrick Mahomes in the pocket better than they have all season leading up to this point. I don't know what got in today. I can tell you part of it's brought by awesome coaching from Andy Reid. We saw multiple formations today were directly off of the snap. They didn't call a bootleg, but they almost like shifted the line in the pocket right directly off the snap. So Pat's like, I'm not going to stand right here and wait for you guys to get me. I'm going to take this entire line towards the right side of the field and shift the play that direction. And ultimately it it worked out. I I can't think of a single instance where like Andy's creative coaching didn't really help the pocket and the offensive line today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that that was definitely one of the best games because even though the Bills don't have an elite defense like they did in 2019, it's still it's still a good defense. And uh, for for us to really give Patrick Mahomes time in the pocket, and then when of course the pocket did collapse, Patrick looked he looked comfortable the entire game. I mean, I haven't seen him look that comfortable since maybe the first half of the of the Browns game, and then even like even going all the way back to the Texans game when he just played in the pocket, like he just he just looks so good. So I think I think it's going to be a huge blow for us because we all watched that Bucks Packers game and that Bucks D line worked 
worked Aaron Rodgers with a very good offensive line. We were saying, I mean, that that Aaron Rodgers Packers offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And Shaquille Barrett was having his way with Aaron Rodgers. So if we don't have Eric Fisher, like you said, of course, we won't have Mitchell Schwartz. And we just have this carousel. I mean, I really, man, I, I just really hope that's not going to lose us the Super Bowl. I, I don't think we're going to lose, but I'm saying that I just hope that is not the reason why, if we do lose, right, that Pat just can't get a throw off or, or anything like that. But playing devil's advocate, Patrick Mahomes has seen the best defenses in the NFL already with a suspect offensive line. I mean, we can go back to that Bills game that we already played and who was playing offensive line then? I mean, it could have been even worse than what, what we're going to have in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes can still find a way. He's already seen incredible defenses that just blitz all the time and he's able to adjust. Uh, but yeah, a huge blow. So so we, we don't like to see it. What do we do like to see? Goat versus baby goat. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to hate listening to ESPN radio. I'm going to hate listening to first take all these places because this is all they're going to talk about is Brady versus Patrick. The uh, whatever the old guard versus the new guard. I don't want to, I don't want to hear all that stuff. We we've already heard that so many times. Like let's go, let's go, let, let, let's play. Well, first off, if Pat's baby goat, wouldn't that make him the KC kid? Anyway, for those of you that don't listen to the podcast, Reese is the best at puns. Reese is the best at making up any phrase that works and is hilarious. I believe the uh, Western Hemisphere knows them as dad jokes or something like that. Uh, well, no, yours yours are like just like a level up from dad jokes because dad jokes are like, uh, uh, but yours are like, you'll say it and we'll go, uh-huh, but it's like, that took a lot of thought. That took a lot of intelligence to do. Thank you, Reese, for enlightening us. Hype man Mondo, friend of the podcast. Sure. Uh, well, I think you, you mentioned it. We're talking about the goat versus the kid goat right now. I I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the playoffs the last two games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won not because of Tom Brady, and I think you could almost say in spite of Tom Brady. Uh, that Saints game, Brady was playing incredibly pedestrian until three second-half turnovers by the Saints just like set the Bucs up in great field position. And that was kind of the story of today as well. There were some incredibly untimely pa- uh, Green Bay Packers turnovers on their own half of the field. And as we saw, the first one set up seven points in the first half, uh, covered out the gates in the second half. They had another awful turnover that led to another Bucks touchdown. Tom Brady still threw three interceptions. That defense had to carry, had to carry Tampa Bay over the finish line today. Uh, keeping the Packers, I believe, was only six points off of those three turnovers, and that was the stat of the game right there. Aaron Rodgers played pretty well. Tom Brady. D- okay, quick question: Do you think Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl MVP if the Bucks win and he has that performance? Oh, I man, think these kind of hypotheticals yeah. irritate me so much. <laughs> uh, you love roundtable conversations, Kyle. Oh, I do. But the, th- this particular brand of Tom Brady hypothetical just irritates me so much because the whole narrative behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year is like, oh, like Brady gets out from the shadow of Belichick to go like put together this like ragtag team of like, yeah. oh, so annoying. I love like, it. I like, love Gronkowski it. Gronkowski getting traded to the Lions by like, oh, I'm retiring. Just kidding. But oh, man, I, I just, yeah. So like, the, the hypothetical of like, okay, you know, Brady gives an okay performance, leads the Bucks to a Super Bowl win over us. Yeah, I'd say he probably gets the MVP. It it sucks, but, you know. 
With Roger Goodell would not allow him not to get the MVP. Right. You know it. You right. know it. Right. Even if, even if Shaquille Barrett had four four sacks, four pick sixes, and then Tom Brady had like five interceptions, but one touchdown to save the game, like Tom he would Brady, still get two touchdowns, four interceptions. Who said a forty three year old man can't lead his team to victory? I am proud to hand you this commissioner's MVP trophy for the National Football League. <laughs> no. Don't- don't put that voodoo magic on this podcast. Get that out of here. Let's be honest. Today was much closer to Brady kind of proving the haters wrong. There were there were flashes in that game today where he did look good. Um, and I, I would agree with you that in the Saints game, he didn't look particularly good at all. Um, and so... And, but that's been true of them all season, right? Like so, some games he's looked pretty good. And then some games he's just looked awful. And so, you know, I think we can go into the Super Bowl with confidence, knowing um, knowing A, the consistency of Patrick, and B, knowing like the upward trajectory of our defense over the past like eight games. It's great. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think Tom Brady has a chance if he faces the defense that we saw tonight show up against Buffalo? No. Nope. No way. Yeah, but, and we're we're going to break down next week kind of matchups and see what that happens. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, though, is Tom Brady in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl going to matter? Is that going to matter for the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, someone of retirement age playing in Florida, I suppose, must give them some sort of like plus two stat power. <laughs> Do I get more health insurance now that I'm here? Like what? <laughs> Where's hold on country kitchen opens up how early before the game? I could still get in there, right? Well, I mean, not like you'd eat country kitchen, but what's the avocado ice cream version of country kitchen? <laughs> uh, first watch. <laughs> oh, shout out to first watch down the street. I love first watch. I do like first watch, but they also have like a senior citizen discount. Uh, no, Noah Metzger says his arm lost tread. His, his arm, sorry, his arm loses tread the longer he plays, which is true. And yeah. you know, and like I said, I don't, I don't want to sneak peek the next episode, but you know, we're just going to like blitz him every package and he's going to have to throw a long ball. So we'll see. Well, you know, I, I don't want to speak too much. No, I'll, I'm going to save this for a, save this for All a right. podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to open up this can of worms. We will let the viewers be on the edge of their seat for next week. Tune in next week for Fountain City Sports Media. Again, look at the ticker on the bottom. I guess it's not a ticker. It kind of just stays there. It doesn't tick. But follow (laughs) us on Instagram. Like our post. Reese also makes incredible memes. So make sure you go on Instagram to check out the memes that he he just made a really good one. You'll have to look to to see what it is. Follow us on Twitter as well. And then if you are able to donate on Patreon, uh, as you can get some great things explained by Reese beautifully today. And then of course you're on Facebook right now. So like the Facebook page, um, not only that this podcast is going to be posted on Spotify. It's going to be posted on Apple, uh, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. So please download the podcast and also follow us on those podcast apps because it does make a difference for our viewer count and downloads and you guys are pretty much all of you are friends uh thank you dad for saying great podcast gentlemen um awesome so thanks again uh this will stay on facebook so yeah send it to your friends any last words reese is usually better at that i i do have some last words for this podcast 
We'd like to thank you for tuning in today to Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. There you'll find premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Find us on Instagram at Fountain City SM. Get updates on the podcast, sports, and of course, the going on in the beer industry. Special thanks to everybody for tuning in for our first live podcast. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friends and AFC champions, Kyle and Armando. We Hot take Mondo. We're going to the Super Bowl. Brought to you by Hibiscus LaCroix. Just kidding. Don't sue us. Hibiscus LaCroix, give us money.